to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we talk about the massive win at Sandy Park for the Gallagher Premiership topping Bristol Bears. We look ahead to the return of European Challenge Cup rugby at the gate next weekend, discuss Saracen's fine and point reduction, and finish with our regular Gets My Goat feature. I'm Tony, and I'm joined by a very happy Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer or two and some rugby banter. Well, boys, what an afternoon of rugby. Um, Let's get some first reactions before we dive too much into the the kind of analysis of the game. Lee, first thoughts? I feel like it's uh, it's Christmas evening for me, mate, to be honest. Nice Nice and early. It was just fantastic to watch it. And not a great performance, but what a hell of a win. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I agree with you, Lee. I mean, we're doing this pod literally a couple of hours after the finish, and uh, I'm still buzzing, mate. And um, if you had any eggs, Lee, I'd be throwing them, I tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I almost think at this point in time, it's a bigger buzz than the, that, that Bristol Bath game, to be honest, just because yeah. of the, the drama that unfolded. And, and the history, and I the think, history, and the history yeah. of the game today, miles. Amazing win, absolutely amazing. Uh, I'd like to say my leg is still hurting from hitting it so hard on the 83rd minute when Lee and I were hugging each other. We didn't quite kiss, but um, amazing win, so amazing. Well, there we are. But I think it's fair to say none of us saw that coming after that first half. I would say, though, the, the last podcast... We did say not the biggest incentive, nine defeats out of nine. Yeah. Boom, number we, 10. We did, but after 40 minutes, hand on hearts, chaps, yeah. did anybody think we were going to get back yeah. into that game? Because I think we were playing loose. The kicking game, we were kicking to Hog, one of the best full-backs in the world. It just... Passes were being dropped. We were, it, it just didn't look like we were going to function. I know, and I think if, if the last pod we said we've got to keep them out of our 22, but we spent most of the time in there. And and also we said we were going to have to really front up with them, particularly in midfield. And I don't know about you boys, but I just felt that in our midfield, you know, they were they were just making ground, they yeah. were making they were punching mm-hmm. little holes. And, you know, again, big, big, I don't want to have a go at people, but I didn't think Hurrell had his, his best game today. I think he, he just felt a little bit off in the first half, just wasn't quite on it. But that was, you know, we did everything that we, we said they shouldn't do. So, um, but as you said, Tony, it all changed, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, Lee and I were talking before we started the uh, the show tonight about Hurrell. Um, his name was hardly mentioned, really, um, in, in, in that first half. Um but it, it just didn't seem to be going our ways. I, I think, you know, the, the script for this podcast was going to be a pretty gloomy one, really, because, you know, the expectations were high. We've been playing some great rugby. We've looked really competitive. I suppose this was the real test about um, how much we progressed against one of the top teams. And to be honest, it was all one-way traffic, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. one-way traffic. I think I think um, I agree with you, although there were times in that first I thought as a... As forwards, we really com- we were competing really well. We, you know, we we did you know we were right in there with them. It was just that when we got the ball, we did it, you know we didn't capitalise at all. And it was that was almost the most frustrating thing. It was that we were we could have been in that in the first half, but you know as you said, Tony, just ridiculous sort of loose stuff. 
I think you're right. But it felt the first half felt a bit like the last season, didn't it? There were some dreadful handling errors, some loose passes from the likes of Afoa, you know, without looking again. Um, some of the forwards were not quite, not quite fronting up in the scrum, um, and the Chiefs just looked like they dominated the whole first half. It, it looked dismal at the end of the first half. Yeah, and I think what you know that our, our new newly found kicking game it just didn't work. We were kicking no. to Hog, one of the best fullbacks in world rugby. Uh, the the distance wasn't right. I know you've been a big advocate of Randall getting a start, but. Um, you know, perhaps not his greatest forty yeah. minutes of rugby either. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different, isn't it? It's difficult when you start a game rather than come on. I mean, I still think it's a little bit harsh on him. I think uh, okay, maybe you could could point to some of his kicking, but I thought he, he got involved with uh, their mate Nick Nick White quite well, and sort of because he's a right chopsy little thing, isn't he? And yeah. uh, I thought Randall was you know there was one point where Randall got in front of him in the in the scrum and he couldn't he couldn't he could cope, but he was like talking to the line out to the ref and the ref's like no mate you know he, he, he was behind the ball he just got in front of you okay well yeah. let's not dwell too much on that first half um we came out second half I think was it was it a couple of changes at half time um a foe went yeah, off didn't he Dan Thomas and Lewis Theed came on didn't they yeah um uh, and we it changed s- it, it did change but not that quickly and for me I think possibly the well, before we leave the first half, I was just a little bit surprised we didn't take the three points yeah. that were right, right, at, the end. right yeah. at the end of the first half. I was there, you know, why not? We've not looked like getting anything going. Let's get three points on the board. So I was a little bit surprised mm. there. Mm. But then that first 10 minutes of the second half had things really changed. And the turning point for me was that Steve Luatoa try saving tackle yeah. how he managed to drag that guy into touch before he uh, put That's the ball good. down um, and, th- and then it all started to change from there let's face it if Chiefs go over for a try at that time yeah. that's game over was, yeah, yeah. We, there's no coming back from that so that was game changing and there was another I mean I know it was a bit later on where we got a bit more of a foothold in but there was another time where they they were in our 22 they got a penalty went to the corner got a line out and uh and you know, you did. I thought then, you know, just I thought this is why I was thinking. I can't believe it. We're back in the game. We've left it too late. You know, we haven't quite got there. And they've now got this. You know, they've got a line out in the twenty-two. They're going to do what they do. They're going to roll in all. They're going to score. And we, we, we stopped the mall in its yeah. tracks, didn't we? And won the and won the put into the scrum. And I thought, then, oh, that's. Hang on a minute. Well, me and one when we were watching at Miles, we were saying actually two or three times the Chiefs yeah. got into our twenty-two and didn't and yeah, came away scoreless. Which... I mean, you could say a turn of the game was Atwood coming off and Jake, Jake off our mate Jakey and Holmes and Jan Thomas coming on. It just needed that, didn't yeah. it? Just a little change in the scrum. Uh, Dan Thomas was amazing his first ten minutes on, just being an annoying little, you know, stealing the ball. Um, the yellow card for Nick White, and that was a turning point of the game, wasn't it? Really, Bristol just seemed to progress I mean, from there. In some ways, like they said on commentary, it was it was a bit harsh for Nick White that that yellow card because it was it was kind of up but it was so obvious he should have got one before but what I'm saying is I think it was better that he got a yellow card then than he did earlier on perhaps you know so well I don't know we were camped on their line weren't we we were about 5-10 metres out I know know what they say about him not you know patting it down but we had about a three man out overlap oh yeah yeah, no it's a definite yellow but I'm just thinking that was it did we kind of capitalise on him being 
carded then later on than we might have done if we'd been carded a little bit earlier when we hadn't quite got into our role but you know either way it doesn't really matter he went and that was important funny I was having a bit of deja vu back to last weekend in the Rugby World Cup final uh, you know that first half of Brist- Bristol team not really oh. not really working we were getting penalised time yeah. after time after time scrum. in the scrum but we managed to sort the scrum out um, and then, you know, it just goes to show how important it is that you, you can't afford to keep giving penalties and therefore possession and territory away. Um, as you said, Miles, I think those those changes made a big difference. Uh, and then that, that last 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, obviously, our, our man Jake didn't have the, his best day at the office as well. I think he, it was a tough outing for him today. But those last 20 minutes, I mean... Like we say, those those little points, those key changing moments in the game led up to that last 20 minutes. And for us to then start clawing our way back slowly um, and then the ending, well, what can we say? I mean, none of us believed it, did we? Well, let's, let's take that try, that first try to start with, because, you know, um, when, when Luke Morahan was, you know, tearing down that right wing, I just thought he was going to pin his ears back and go mm. for the corner. But the foresight then to just draw what, yeah. two men, pop it to O'Connor. Um, under the posts. And, and then, yes, to get in under the posts, um, really, you know, that lifted me as a fan. I think I think you should also remember that the space for that was made by Hughes in the midfield with that little kind of, I mean, you boys were like that. It was almost like an American football pass. Wasn't yeah. it? But it was a little, yeah. but he drew the man just there and then popped it out and it created a bit of space for Moran because there hadn't been a lot of space out wide up to that point and then yeah it looked so easy from there to, to pop yeah, in I mean, and I think that actually highlights something else um, that Hughes again uh, after his slightly ignominious start sorry boys too many beers um, you know after his dodgy start where he tried to do that little quick uh, tap sort of free kick <laughs> and knocked yeah. it on <laughs> which and I you could see like, it, was, it was one of those things where mostly when people th- do things wrong they come and pat you on the back and say and like everyone just turned away and he, he looked like a young he looked like a schoolboy <laughs> that had been caught didn't he <laughs> but you know given the fact that it appeared that most of his fingers got dislocated through the game he was immense he's been the signing of the season yeah. so far hasn't he uh, uh, absolutely it's given us that dimension hasn't it that, that that we didn't have last year and we've talked about it after the sale game we talked about it after Bath but the defensive capability this team has now you know to go to Sandy yeah. Park yeah. and keep a clean sheet you know that second half we won 20 points to nil and I just think it is fabulous mm. to see how our, our, our defence has uh, improved. So we, we got the try, we were back in the game um, and, you know, time was ticking down. We got the penalty and I believe there's somebody in our ranks that was 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 pleading just to just to <laughs> kick it out and um, get Good the losing but t- was that was that you it Lynn? certainly wasn't me team <laughs> certainly uh, not so so um, miles just talk yeah, us through your thinking guilty. What, what were we on about sort of 78 minutes and i said to lee just take the point kicking out bristol but thankfully thankfully common sense prevailed lee that bristol listened to lee uh, and there you go. We've got a penalty pushed over for a massive win. So apologies for Bristol and apologies to Lee for drinking his beer and giving him bad advice. So there, there we are. I, I can't believe he stood up to Withywood Lee. <laughs> you know, the, the, the poshest man in, in South Bristol. But you know, I think 
to use the boxing analogy, Miles is the guy who gets in the boxing ring and he's quite happy to just dance around for 12, 12 rounds. Are you saying Miles is Muhammad Ali? I'm just saying he can dance <laughs> around for 12 rounds and, and come out with a points defeat. To be fair, Muhammad Ali would have thrown a punch in those 12 rounds. Oh, that's yeah. true, not yeah. Well, at least yeah. at the end. Yeah, right. I mean, Lee, if we were down Exeter today, I'd still be dancing to this minute, wouldn't I? You would be. Yeah, yeah you yeah. would be. Can I so, yeah, can so, just say one thing about... Um, I feel like a little bit guilty a bit earlier on when we said things like Jake didn't have his best game and you know and we and the changes when we brought the players on in the second half which I think was absolutely true and it shows the be- the the the, the um, you know the value of rotation but I think we've got to remember Exeter are a, free, a really good side and yeah. they were really good in the first half mm. when they, and I was thinking you know we are it, you know, we've made a few mistakes. We've been in the game, but in, against other teams, we might not have. We might have just been like seven or maybe ten points down. You know, we made a few little mistakes, and then suddenly it's seventeen points down. And I, I, I think we have to be careful to not kind of be go over the top against the yeah. boys that started because yeah, they were. You know, they were. They were. They had. They were on their uppers. They were have full. You know, they were the. the the weather was lovely. They had their England contingent out, Sandy Park. You know, they they were up for it and they looked solid. And I think, oh, absolutely, you know, oh, yeah. we, but and I think on the other hand, though, um, on the second half, I mean, gotta say, Jack Knoll, yeah, when he came was... on, he was, he had a horror show in the second half. He almost almost came on, and I think he thought he's a little bit, you know, a bit better than he really was. And some of the, I mean, he held on the ball too long a couple of times. He threw that pass. You know, so it's interesting. I mean, I was going to say, you know, with the the podcast last week, we were talking about who might start for the Chiefs, and that really surprised me because we all probably agreed that Slade would be the one of the the trio yeah. that wouldn't start, mm. or maybe wouldn't make the squad. But actually, Slade played really well. He He's starting the game. Shame um, he didn't play like that for England, really. Didn't he? But that, but that pass from now, that's that's surely that's still travelling. Yeah, <laughs> I think it hit the M5, didn't well, it? Nearly. Well, well, let's actually before we move off Jack Noel. I what are the sponsorship rules? Because I couldn't believe he came on with a, a, a skull Bull. cup with Red Bull logos yeah. and Red Bull written right on the front. Yeah, I, and he looked like he drank about ten cans of it as well. Well, maybe, but I, I thought it was a little yeah. bit surprising to see um, a non neither the Gallagher Premiership sponsors mm. or one of the club sponsors. With this great red right. I didn't even notice that, but yeah. a corporate man like yourself, Tony, mm. you're very aware of that, this. That's all right. It certainly gave that ball wings, didn't it, when he threw that pass? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it certainly did. That's another so, good joke there. Then. So let's talk about it. Will yeah. Will Capon Capon um, comes on at Sandy Park. We're chasing the game. We've got this line out two minutes from the end. I think all of us thought, including the Exeter defence, throw it to number two or three, make it safe, and then go for the drive. When I saw that ball flying oh through God. the air to the, the back of the line, oh my goodness, my heart was sinking. But what a throw, what a catch, what a drive. Because that's how you, that's how you score tries from there, isn't it? You know, you, you get at the back and then they whip round and then yeah. they've got no defence. You know, we always say, oh, you know, just get a two. But when you get a two there... They can defend. They can get their wedge and yeah. stop it. But that is how you score a and pushover try. Like Tony's just said, that's what they expect as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. balls of steel, though, Pete, to throw it like right to the back of the line out and go from there. Go as far as say Cojones. Cojones. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know there was that magnificent drive. We were over the line. And the dreaded square was mm. drawn oh. by the referee. And 
when I was looking through those those TV replays, not actually seeing one no, no. that saw the ball go down on the ground. Miles, uh, what, what, mean, what, what were you thinking? Uh, Lee and I had already cheered, hadn't we, and thought we'd got the win. And then the, the wives came downstairs thinking if we won, and we thought, it's gone to TMO. I mean, you know, even the uh, Delalia was saying, well, there's, there's no reason to give it. It's gone over the line. To not give it. To, to not, not give, give it. it. To not give it, sorry. And, our, uh, you know, our friend Austin Healy, as ever, had said, well, you know, there the could be a leg under the ball. Obviously, anti-Bristol as ever. But I think you're right. It, we couldn't see a way. They couldn't give it, could they? No. Twelve shirts on top of the ball, over the line. And, but we were a bit nervous for a minute, weren't we, Lee? Well, I, I just thought it was quite ironic that the referee had, um, had said that I can see the ball's been grounded, but I don't know how it got there. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, I thought it was quite obvious, really, the 12 white-shirted boys that were pushing it along. About about 900 kilos of best Bristol <laughs> yeah. beef. Because were... either it was put down by Rissa or the mall was pulled down by Exeter. Yeah, therefore, it was a penalty yeah. try. So I, I, yeah. I, was, I found it... But, how ironic would that have been? Well, it, was a bit, it was a shame that it wasn't a, poetry, uh, a penalty try because that would have been poetry. That would have been yeah. justice from last season. Big Pat mentioned that afterwards as well. He was a bit disappointed that it wasn't a penalty try. How sweet was that? And then, and I think Sheedy got a message, didn't he, onto the pitch when he was going for the conversion. We need this. Yeah. These two points take yeah. us top of the league. And mm. boom, over mm. it went. Boom, it went. And here we are. We're going into the European break. And Bristol Bears, for the second time this season in four games, atop of the Gallagher Premiership. So what a fantastic, fantastic result. What a a fantastic afternoon. Um, And I think on the pod last week we were talking about this is the real test of how far we've come this season. For me, I'm not looking backwards anymore. We are just looking forwards. Pete, was that a squeaky chair? Well, that was just reliving the uh, the last fifteen minutes of the fifteen minutes of that game, Tony. When I've got to hold my hand up and say I really didn't think we we're going to win, so there was a bit of squeaking coming from my uh, chair. That's for sure. I was just saying, lads. You know, we were talking about small margins in previous podcasts. The the stats are four games in from last season, Tony. You've got them there, haven't you? And, uh... Yeah, I mean, um, we had uh, eight points from four games last season. We had the two wins, the I think Bath and Harlequins at home. This season, we've got 14 uh, points, um, top of the league, and we've got a positive points difference. I think it's, um, is it 31 or 31. 32? Yeah. 31. So those six points that we were off um, Champions Cup rugby, we've already made up after four games. Yeah. So how fantastic is, is that? And that leads me on to next week and the return of European Challenge Cup rugby. So... Um, I think I caught on one of the Pat's comments. I don't know if it was on BT Sport BT or Sport, it was yeah. on BT Sport. Right. Uh, Pat says it's a full strength team for the Challenge Cup. He wants to win it. What are the thoughts around the he table? Said he, he said he, he said he uh, he's going to treat it like the Champions Cup, isn't he? And, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, we're in it to win it. He was. I mean, I think he was still a little bit of adrenaline was still flowing through, <laughs> even through Pat. You know, he's a very measured man, but he, you know, for him, there was a bit of that. Yeah, we're going to do it. I mean, uh, well, I then thought about it a little bit, Tony, and I thought, well, hang on a minute, we got zebra. Now I had a look at the Pro Fourteen table. <laughs> they haven't done that well so far. They've played all right at home, maybe. I think they lost three nil. Uh, they lost three nil to Leinster or something at home, but. 
they've shipped a lot of points away from home, which makes me think that whilst I totally am behind Pat on that's in it to win it, we've talked about the fact that we've got this pretty solid 23. So I think when he says we're going to put a strong side out, we're gonna, we may see a few changes, mm. but within that kind of yeah. 23, 25, people like Joycey back. Ed Holmes. Ed Holmes set a star. Prothero on the wing, maybe. Maybe... You know, I don't know. Is he gonna? Is it the first time he'll start with uh, Yoan Lloyd? I mean, when he came on today, he was on for a very short time, but he still did that little twinkle toe. I mean, to be honest, when he got that ball, and I thought, just kick it, kick it, and he started. I thought he's he eighteen. Running, didn't he? It was the, the young lad. He's thinking, oh, I can get. And I thought, don't do it. I was all miles. I got all miles. Just kick it. But then he just went past about three. Draw him in. I mean, I, I just think. That's my. I mean, we could talk. We're probably going to talk about this, but I think my first prediction is I reckon he's going to give Lloyd a start. I, I agree. I totally agree. That's my. I, yeah. I disagree, but I, I like the. I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we yeah. haven't heard that for oh, a couple of weeks. I love the excitement in Lloyd. Uh, this. I was thinking exactly the same. <laughs> shoot, so don't worry about that. But yeah. <laughs> but then when he does run it. He's one of those players that excites you when he's got the ball and you think, I mean, what is he, 18 years old? He is 18. Yeah, this is crazy. This guy is a phenomenal talent, potentially. Um, yeah, let's give, him a, let's give him a run out. And I think it's interesting as well with the injury to Moulton now. We don't know how serious that is, but seeing how Will Capon came on and, you know... With his cap on. Yeah. Dealt with Absolutely. the pressure. Um, you know, is it worth giving him a start and giving Thacker making sure, uh, you know, he, yeah, he doesn't well, overplay? I think we've got to look at injuries and knocks because there's no point, yeah. I don't think, risking anyone. I think someone's already mentioned whether Hughes's fingers yeah. are all parallel and pointing in the right direction. Um, you know, he, he's played um, a lot of rugby already for us this season. But, you know, isn't it exciting as a fan to hear Pat saying, you know, he's in it to win it? Yeah. I think we've, you know, I think previous seasons last year, we've been guilty of putting out not a great side for the European matches. Um, I mean, we beat Zebra at home last year, didn't we? But just got a loss last year away. And then coming back to the Premiership, having rested all these top players and then not done so well, have we? So maybe he's, he's thinking that really, you know, keep all our top players fit, game ready and then come back and then what's our next game is it London Irish or something at Christmas first, I mean, first of December isn't first it? of December yeah. yeah so maybe don't rest these top players give them, give them game time well, maybe he'll go with you know the second half team at today may get a may get a nod for start right. so maybe, you know Jake you know he started every game pretty much and you know it must take its toll being a you know being a, a prop like that so maybe you know he'll, he, he might not get a start maybe um Teague might get a start you know I, I just yeah. think I think they'll be within our but then it does make me think you know we were waxing lyrical about Tiff Eden earlier on the season he, <laughs> he hasn't you know we. I'd love to see him I, I really want to see him play yeah. again and I, oh, I so I just wonder whether when Pat thinks about it you know he might say well actually you know, I will get a core of quality but actually I wouldn't mind having a look at yeah. Tiff because he didn't do anything wrong did he in that no. and I think Zebra at home yeah. is going to be one of the games that you yeah, can start it. to you know maybe make a few mm. more changes we've got Breve away um, the following weekend so that's going to they're not doing too bad they're about no. mid-table um, in, in France but have you seen where Stade Francais are in the league mm, yes, rock totally bottom struggling, yeah. aren't they? rock bottom so that's interesting because I was thinking that was going to be the tough game mm. um, now I don't know how much they've been affected by the World Cup but they, 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 they're not the team they were a decade mm. ago by, by any means but um, let's hope we do see you know some really competitive sides put out by Bristol because I honestly think the way we're playing the, the kind of mentality 
um, the togetherness of this squad, we genuinely could go on and win this. If we can top our um, group, if we can get a home quarter final and a, a route then with a home semi final, yeah. um, do we do we know where the final is? It Cardiff, Marseille, Marseille, Marseille. In, that's in June, incentive, isn't it? In, in, in June, how would that be? A summer little. Can we just fly direct? From Bristol must be able to. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Russell, they might drive us. Well, cheap flights. You were off to Japan last week, right? Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Podbean. You can contact the show with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Bears Beyond Gate or like our Bears Beyond the Gate Facebook page. Hello, this is Brian Moore. This is for Bears Beyond the Gate. Listen to it because it's for you, true Bristol fans. Get it. Now, actually, while I've been on air, um, I'm just smiling out of the corner of my eye. I can see Pete's trying to open a can of beer without. Go on, just do it. Go on, do just, it. Just, just, do just, it. Just, just do it. Sorry. It's a celebration can. There we are. That that was genuine. That wasn't a, a, um, a made-up sound effect. Uh, while we've been on air, um, I've just had a message in from at Steve Ward 86. So Steve is on the supporters coach coming back from Exeter. Come on, boys. Um, Proper fans. We salute you. And, yeah, we do uh, salute you. He just said, wow, guys, what an amazing game. Being there with all the Exeter fans trying to give it to us. We dug in and <laughs> fought against uh, them and we got a fantastic win. Coming home on the supporters coach now feels so good. I'm so proud of the boys and the coaching staff of uh, for what we did today, hashtag up the bears. Brilliant. So Steve and everybody else, um, you know this this show will come out um, after you've got back. But I can imagine there is a song or two on that coach coming home tonight. I was going to say, Steve was uh, was the clubhouse. Uh, were the were the bands playing in the clubhouse? Cancelled last minute. I heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, they heard I wasn't coming tonight. <laughs> Clearly, Lee can't hear us. He's, he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's just, just lively. He's, he's Sorry, tweeted, guys, I forgot. He's tweeted into the show. <laughs> OK, let's move on. Um, and, you know, as Bristol Bears fans, can we believe there's more than one talking point in the Gallagher Premiership this week? But, uh, in fact, there is, because um, Saracens eventually the... Uh, they fought the law and the law won. Um, so a 35-point penalty and a £5 million fine um, under review. Uh, it's not, not implemented until um, uh, Saracens, if, they, if they're going to put in a, um, a challenge for it. Um, so, what are the feelings around the table? Pete, what, uh, how, how do you feel well, about Well, I mean, I think, you know, initially, I think... Uh, I've, I've thrown in a Spanish word, uh, Tony, earlier on. I'm going to throw in a German one now for uh, the uh, intellectual listeners. I think there was a lot of schadenfreude going around <laughs> the rugby world. And for those that don't know what that means, it means uh, uh, pleasure in other people's uh, misfortune. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from a lot of the commentary I've heard, a lot of ex-players are saying kind of everyone knew it was going on. Um, so that, you know, that it's about time they got caught um, the, the, maybe the flip side of it, Tone, is, uh, you know, it's it, can you really blame the Saracens fans for that? You know, and it's not really their fault. And I think, you know, they, they probably be copped a lot of flack 
some apparently some fans were getting like abused in the street or something like that as they were walking down uh, Watford High Street, wherever it is they come from. So, um, I mean, there's uh, yeah. not many of them really, anyway, is there? <laughs> no, that's so but uh, and did you have you seen the pictures from the shed at the weekend it. when they yeah. had their, their like 50, 50, pound notes. 50 pound notes they were waving around? Yeah. I mean, I you know, I've seen a lot on social media this week that says, you know, we feel sorry for the fans. Um, to an extent, but, you know, they've had a team that have broken the rules. They've enjoyed all that success. I know it is in no way the fans' fault, but they have benefited. They have, I suppose they have revelled in the, uh, in the, the glory, glory of knowing... It's a bit like being a Man City fan, isn't it? You know, it's not really... Is it really glory? So, you know, I am sympathetic to the fans to a certain extent, Tony, but now you've, you've made that point, I actually wonder, yeah, am I really? Ah, yes, definitely. <laughs> well, I, it would have been an interesting question to ask at Sandy Park because probably if any team suffered, yeah, um, no, then, it's, then it's Exeter Chiefs. Lee, you wanted to say something. Well, I was just, yeah, just going to echo those sentiments, really, Tony. I mean, I've got a couple of friends who are, you know, Sarri's fans and, you know, they're, they're brilliant people. But ultimately, the Chiefs fans... You know, no one's mentioned that. You know, these guys have potentially they've lost out on, you know, two free titles. So, mm. you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those really, yeah. isn't I it? I think it's I think it's also just the maybe not even that. It's just the the sense that they they had to release uh, Cordero, didn't they? You know, Back to France, else yeah. Because they couldn't afford exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not you know, and and that's the same with maybe a lot of other you know, like Wasps lost Elliot Daly. He's gone to Saracens. And I guess it's that kind of feeling that it's just not really fair, is it? Like, you know, regardless of whether you win anything or not, it's just a bit annoying. It's like, you know, when, you know, uh, well, I don't know, you know, it's when, uh, you know, you, you go to school, you know, Lee, and you see someone in a, in, a, in a nicer pair of trainers. It's not fair, is it? And I don't know, well, uh, you know, I don't know whether, yeah, maybe that's it as much as anything. It's a kind of moral stroke, ethical stroke yeah. sort of. I, I think to be fair, where where Lee went to school, there wasn't a trainer cap. There might have been oh, yeah. kneecaps. Brilliant. I chipped that up for you, Tony, on purpose. Right? <laughs> Miles, what do well, you I think? I agree. I think it's like a sort of a slightly dubious sort of Amazon tax avoidance, really, which all sort of gets our goats. And now, finally, the Amazons of this world, i.e. the Saracens, have been found out. So, tax, tax Miles, you, 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 Miles I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not. I know, I'm sure other international companies have uh, yeah, avoided a bit of tax. So, I'm sorry, I had to point out. Other, other tax so, avoiders are available. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. It's just turned into Gordon Brown now. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so, what we, what is, Tony? After all that, what, what are we summarising here about well, our things? Well, well, I think the thing is. I think most rugby fans, us included, have wondered how they could keep that squad together and be under the salary cap yeah. without bending a few rules. Clearly, they have bent them. The chairman was on saying, you know, trying to talk about all the great stuff they've done with the academy and the community. But, you know, at the end of the day, they have broken the rules that are trying to make this a competitive league. And you mentioned Manchester City. We're not going to dwell on football, yeah. but... But actually, when you see those rich teams that can buy anybody that they like in the world, it doesn't make it competitive league. Look at this league. You know, we've got Bristol Bears on top. You've got a team like Exeter that have been so strong over such a long time. I mean, that's a small city down in Devon without particularly big backing. And the salary cap has tried to, uh, and has made things, you know, um, competitive. So I have got very little sympathy for Saracens little bit of sympathy for the fans, but they have enjoyed some good times. I would say, though, Tone, it does leave us on, if, if you don't mind uh, me interjecting here, is that 
it does lead to this point, Sarri's potentially go down. Or the bottom three, possibly Sarri's, Leicester, Wasps. Where does that leave us with ring fencing? Well, you can imagine the conversations about Christmas time are going to be coming all round again to ring fencing. But I can't believe they can do it halfway through a season. I just can't see. And I mean, if they do try and do it, it will be quite outrageous. I can't see how you can start a professional league and then change the rules halfway through. But if Saracens look like they're going to go down or Leicester, and let's, you know, we haven't really talked about some of the other results this week. I mean, the the other result today, London Irish 36, Leicester 11. You know, Leicester are in real trouble. If you take the last, what, half dozen games from last season and add it to this season... Apart from that win away at Newcastle, which was the only game they really had to win because yeah. Newcastle were in such dire straits, Leicester are in real trouble. Real they, trouble. They are struggling. I think also, I, I hate to mention it really, and I really do hate to mention this, by the way, boys, but I mean, Bath had a good result yesterday. Yeah, really. I was going to say the same they went thing. Red card after 48 minutes, yeah. and they were behind. Against Saints, against the top Saints of the table. who are top of the table, and it got me thinking about the whole thing about what do you do when a red card goes. I mean, I'm sure all of those fans at the wreck, as soon as they saw that red, rightly so, for it was like a, an assault. But um, they must have thought, oh, that's it, we're, we're going to get. But to credit, massive credit to Bath, they they fronted up and then they got the momentum and then. Um, Saints got two yellows at the end and I just think it got me thinking about this whole thing you should never give up with red cards if you can push like a big 10 minutes of really try and get on top and then try and force a few penalties and four suddenly you only get to get a yellow and then you're back to parity so but then it made Saints look like vulnerable I mean you know if you if you get on top of them and uh, so that's another team we you know we don't have to worry about them and another one that caught my eye is Worcester winning away yeah, at, uh, at the Stoop as well you know they look good I can't remember a start to the season where we've had so many. Like you just you can't predict any game after four rounds. No, it is it is quite incredible. Obviously, a good win for Saracens at uh, Gloucester, you know. But uh, obviously, they've got a bit of motivation now. You know, it is they are the Millwall of uh, the, the Gallagher yeah. Premiership, aren't they at the moment? So, uh, and you think the players to come back. Uh, but uh, their coach was also talking about prioritising the league, which you know you've got yeah. to really. If the mm. thirty-five points, or you know, even on appeal, if that gets reduced a little bit, you know, they're, they're, still they're, a mountain. They're, they're not going to start the season proper with points, positive points yeah. on the board till Christmas time, are they? Nope. Okay, well that's that's our little roundup of Saracens. I'm sure that will rumble on for another week or two until the uh, the challenge is heard. Um, and now we'll move on to our final part of the show, Gets My Goat. <laughs> and I think we've got quite a topical one. Um, who's going to... Is, is it Pete? What gets your goat this well, week? Well, we were, we were discussing this and we were struggling with a few things, but we decided, based on today, that what gets our goat is ridiculous headwear. <laughs> so what I'm talking about, as I'm sure you can uh, imagine, is, uh, is the old, like, Red Indian stuff that the Exeter fans wear. I mean, well, I've got to say, hang on, Lee. Yeah, I've got to say, Lee, don't preempt me there, mate. I mean, it's sorry, all right when you're winning, sorry. but when you lose, it's all a bit YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. This is, this is, we, we, we'll only be able to run this Gets My Goat what, this season, well, maybe twice this season, if an Exeter Chiefs fan is in front of me when I'm watching Ashton Gate. But it's that and the it's and the drum. silly and then the silly chants and drums. I mean, yeah. And where yes. does it come from anyway? Where does it come from? 
Well, my well, my understanding is that there haven't been any reservations or um, <laughs> you know buffalo roaming roaming the the outskirts of Exeter. Yeah, that's right. On the cathedral grounds, there. I think it is an old West Country kind of Devon term for the first team, oh, uh, the yeah. Chiefs. But having said that, I, I, I've always thought it was just a little bit ludicrous. And when you see those fans in, you know, with their full headdress, remember the one that sat in front of us? Was oh, it a couple? Oh, was God. it last yeah. season or two when we were up before? It was, it was when we were up before. Yeah. yeah. And they came, and that bloke just stood in, sat in front of us, going with his drum and his headdress. I had a migraine, didn't I? Yeah. Gave me a migraine because it was like boom, 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 and it was Christ. I mean, I can understand at home. You know, you've got to create an atmosphere, and we, we, you know, we, they could probably turn tables on us and say, "Where did the bears come from?" But when you're away, I mean, show a bit of respect for the home fans. Well, if you roll on a massive headdress, some bloke sat in front of us in our in our expensive season ticket seats. But but let's think. Those fans that were there today, getting on the bus home yeah, with their, yeah. I wonder trying how many fold it up and put it in their bags. <laughs> yeah, trying to hide yeah. it, popping those big right. feathers, popping out the end. Suddenly, suddenly wishing they had a pair of scissors to trim those yeah. feathers, didn't I mean, they? I mean, also you can. I mean, we we've been to Sandy Park and we know how tight you're crammed into that that end. Yeah, and anyone with a head. You know, headgear on now. I mean, you you can't see. I reckon they would be fighting amongst themselves, wouldn't it? Crazy people with the headgear against the ones who didn't have it, getting in the way. Well, those Exeter Chiefs uh, got mauled today by the Bristol Bears. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Come on, Briz, top of the table.